From west to east and kingdom to kingdom, you're listening to the Diz Unplugged Connecting with Walt podcast. with Walt is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello and welcome to episode 58 of Connecting with Walt. I am your host and Diz historian, Michael Bowling, and I am joined by my co-host, producer, and good friend, Craig Williams. Craig, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you, Michael? I'm doing well. I I had a great uh, Disney event uh, that I attended at the Walt Disney Family Museum. Uh, it, it, I got to see Walt's Nine Old Men um, exhibition, Ooh. which was really wonderful. It uh, you know we will be talking about it in a future episode of Connecting with Walt, and uh, but but just it was just terrific the way it was laid out. It was in the uh, you know, Diane um, Disney Miller Exhibition Hall, which is right behind the museum. Uh, it 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 uh, dealt with an overview of the Nine Old Men, and then there was a section that delved into each of the Nine Old Men. You know, who are Walt's yeah. you know key animators that he uh, relied on for you know you know from oh my gosh from the early days of Mickey Mouse some of them all the way to you know they were there for the Jungle Book some of them yeah yeah. you know and so uh, it was wonderful because it was you know there there were videos on them there were also uh, it had not only some of their Disney artwork but their personal artwork that they did and uh, it was just a delight i spent two hours in there and i still felt rushed well you'll have to go back (laughs) oh i i will go back many many times because it was just so much to take in they had cool little flip books large ones of some of their animations so you could actually not only look at them individually you know they're flip books of a scene of a character moving and so not only could you flip them which i'm a dork at and couldn't do it properly but uh and see the actual scene moving but then if you wanted to you could study them one at a time to see the you know the the subtle movement of the characters that that probably created you know a second or two of movement on screen but it was just so well done and uh, Don Hahn was one of the curators for this exhibition and so you you could really you could really tell especially through the videos the interviews that were done uh, many times it was in uh, the words of the nine old men which is of course what the Walt Disney Museum is famous for you know Walt tells a story in his own words and so do the people that work with him you know there's so much recordings and videos of the people who are no longer with us at the museum and that's certainly true in this exhibition as well so it was it was just so good uh, i think it's playing through january so i'm really looking forward to seeing it many many times as i go yeah, there that's awesome so and i think i think you had some uh, disney related uh, moments too Oh, yeah, I mean, didn't you? Well, it Mm -hmm. depends on who you ask. If you're a purist and you don't want your, 
your Marvel or Lucasfilm uh, eroding into your beloved Disney, then yeah, my <laughs> my my weekend was just swamped with Star Wars. So as you can imagine, with uh, with Solo debuting in theaters and then having Galactic Nights here at Hollywood Studios. And being a part of that special event, which is, it, it, it's fun if you love Star Wars, but, you know, it's it's just exhausting. It's, I'm not saying this in a mean way, but Disney has found a great racket in that, in charging $100 for an event where it is not even possible to probably, I, I would say, to, to fully accomplish even half the event in just one night. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so luckily luckily besides some of the entertainment just being updated for the new movies and stuff uh it's it's essentially the same photo ops from from the previous event before and similar experiences or pretty much identical experiences like our rock and roller coaster gets turned into uh, a star wars rock and roller coaster and uh, instead of oh, Aerosmith, really? yeah, instead of Aerosmith, you hear uh, some of the iconic John Williams music. But uh, yeah, it's just it's it's impossible to do everything in one night, and because some of these photo op lines that they have, where you just you take a photo with like K two S O from from Rogue One, who's just a, a standing figure, not not a not a character or anything, not a not a live character, just a standing figure. And it's still like a half an hour wait just to do that. Or like a half an hour, even longer to sit in the Emperor's throne room chair. And it's like, so it's still when you when you only have technically five hours for an event and and you have to choose between finding spots for the entertainment, sitting through panels, uh, doing these photo ops, trying to grab some food. It's just there's just too much happening, but it's you know, it's I I love Star Wars, so it's always nice being uh, having these weekends where you just get that that fix of being being able to enjoy it around other fans, and that's I I, I love that. So it's oh that's great. Yeah, it, it was yeah. nice doing it in December, and it was nice at Star Wars Celebration when I I attended that event back last April and. Yeah, it's it's nice to get in a big giant room and everyone's just nerding out together. No, that's fun. Those are those are great. Um, okay, you have to tell me there had to have been a signature cocktail for this event served in a red solo cup. You would think there so. there had to have been. You would think so, but there <laughs> wasn't. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, definitely I a have missed all opportunity. These- I have all these wonderful ideas, and you know they just need to hire me. You know, <laughs> I, well, that's, and that was the funny part is because like I was seeing all the videos and photos from the premiere, and they Solo was the sponsor for the premiere and all that. But, oh, how funny! Yeah, I guess oh, well, it, maybe I'm not so brilliant after oh, all. No, no, no. <laughs> it's a, it just apparently it didn't translate into uh, into uh, into uh, all the other events happening with it, but. No, it's it, it was a fun weekend, so I, I really I really can't complain. I was exhausted and I spent my entire Memorial Day working and editing video <laughs> instead of enjoying with the you know, enjoying the the start of good weather and and barbecues and all that goodness, but um mm-hmm. yeah, it's it, it is what well. it is. <laughs> 
Well, I, I, I do enjoy Star Wars, but I am a bigger fan of Star Trek. And there, I know we're way off topic here, but there has been a rumor roaming around on the interwebs, and you also host our Universal show for the Diz, that Universal might be toying with the idea of having Star Wars themed, I don't know what, Star land Trek, attractions yeah. or something. Star yeah. Trek, yeah, themed. And this is, so, yeah, this this is one of those rumors that comes up about once a year. Uh, oh, okay. And it's, it, you know, it, every now and then it, it gains more steam than other times. And this was one of those times because uh, it was when it got brought up out of nowhere. It was from a, a pretty large site. As, as far as I could track down to the original source of the person who brought it up this go around. And so when, mm-hmm. when it's a... You know, if it's a small unofficial fan site who's breaking the news, it there has to be uh, there has to be a lot of a lot of uh, truth behind it in order for it to blow up big. But when when a big site goes and throws a rumor out, it people don't usually look at it under the same uh, same same criteria as they do with some of the smaller sites out there and I, I i genuinely think that that is something they might go down the road one day with but uh i i can't imagine and i could be biting my tongue here years down the road but i can't imagine they would ever go as big as as star wars has happened with with disney but i could be wrong but well they don't own it so that's that's the yeah, hard they don't part. own star trek yeah. that's a Paramount CBS. Yeah, the, the, well, the good news is Paramount doesn't know what to do with anything they actually own. So no, um, they don't. Sadly, <laughs> but that's a, that also could mean that they could put it in the hands of people who do know what to do yeah. with the, uh, the well, good properties. Well, I'm telling you, if they built a Star Trek area there at Universal, I the, I would be a regular. I mean, <laughs> if it was done well, so. we'll have to wait and see. So yeah, I would we'll love see, to be but, wrong. Mm-hmm. So, well, we'll see. But yeah, I know how those we know. We know from in the Disney world how rumors seem to have a way of recurring. Yeah. Oh <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. So anyway, but great. Well, I'm glad you had fun though. Yeah. At, no. Star Wars. It, so it was great. Yes, and I'm I am dreading the opening of Galaxy's Edge, which got yet another name. <laughs> Galaxy's Edge at uh now it's what Dark Spires or something. Black Spire Outpost. Yeah. Yeah. I mean how many more monikers can they load on that land? I don't know. Yeah, that's uh I you know what? I I was in the, the realm of when they decided to call it Batu. I thought mm-hmm. to myself deep down, I'm like, okay, I like it except this isn't a full planet. This is one small part on this planet. So it's like, you know, you don't, you, you, we wouldn't, they wouldn't build Tatooine and just be like, oh, it's the entire planet. They would be like, okay, well, this is the Moss Eisley area. And, and not to go super nerdy on everyone out there, but so it's always like, I know a lot of Star Wars, you refer to like these iconic locations that you know is just the planet. But with this, it's it's so different that I felt like they needed to be a little bit more, uh, a, a little bit more uh, on the nose with what they were calling it, and so I'm happy for it. But I also agree with you. It's 
ultimately, what are we supposed to call this? Are we supposed to call it <laughs> Galaxy's Edge? Are we supposed to call it Batu? Are we supposed to call it Black Spire Outpost? Or are we just going to call it what what ninety nine percent of the population will, and that's Star Wars Land or right, yeah. Star Wars World? Just like people well, are well, still the, out saying Harry Potter World. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, it, all I know is the official name. That's a lot to put on a magnet yeah. <laughs> for your refrigerator. But, um, anyway, well, you know, since we're talking about all these, uh, you know, obscure kind of. <laughs> things that are that are related to to disney this way and that it reminds me that it is time once again for our quarterly q and a episode coming up where you can ask us about pretty much anything in the disney world so uh, craig do you want to tell our listeners a little more about that yeah we're and how they can be a part of it yeah absolutely we're going to be posting very soon on the disunplugged facebook page uh which uh, it's you will be able to find it at facebook.com slash disunplugged. And uh, it was announced on one of the, I think, the Disney World edition last week that that uh, that it will actually, the, the Disneyland edition Facebook page will be closing down once we relaunch the, the Disneyland show. And so it'll mm-hmm. everything podcast related to 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 disney will be all on that disunplugged page so if you don't follow it yet you absolutely are going to want to because that's where every bit of information is uh but but ultimately yeah we are going to put a post out here very very soon uh sooner than you would expect it (laughs) so I'm, i'm giving you a hint to to go out and look um, and we will basically just have our posting uh, that should be towards the top of the page announcing that we are now taking questions for a question and answer episode. And essentially all we ask is that you try to steer away from giving us topic suggestions and more broader questions. Uh, just it, it can be about anything Disney related. It can be about the movies. It can be about the theme parks. It can be about Walt, Imagineers, anything. But just try to keep it to an actual question, not 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 suggestions, and also try not to make it to to make it yes or no questions uh, because <laughs> it makes it very hard for us to <laughs> to really uh, be able to to give some context and depth to our answers when it really could just be boiled down to a simple yes or a no. And uh, we, we had some issues the first round, the last round of questions and answers. Uh, it, everyone really stepped up their games on the questions. So definitely, I, I think I think most people have, have the, uh, the gist of it, but I know we're always adding new listeners. So yeah, that's, that is the the basic ground rules on it so keep keep an eye out for that and then michael do you have anything else to say about that because i do have one other little bit of housekeeping um well yeah the 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 show that we're targeting for the q a episode is june 29th so when craig it when craig um posts this announcement he will have a due date he'll have a closing date that after a certain 
after a certain date, uh, we will no longer take questions. Also, if your question contains the phrase, what would Walt think or what would Walt do? Mm. Probably going to skip over that because our answer would be, we don't know. Exactly. <laughs> because Walt was always changing his mind. And Walt, uh, he would go with the flow sometimes. Uh, he was a creative person, as you know. And Walt, you know, Walt was constantly changing his vision, changing his, uh, ch- changing things as he came up with new ideas. And uh, so um, we tend to not, we try not to. Uh, second guess what yeah, we're just in there we, we would be spreading false information by trying to act like we could even fathom what he might be thinking and because even the people that work closely with him had no idea <laughs> so, um, also please limit your questions to posting them on face the facebook yes post that craig does because last time i know i got questions from everywhere um private messages emails uh, twitter everywhere and it was just too much for me to sort of wrangle so uh, we're only going to look at the questions that are posted on the yeah the the, the facebook page yeah, and that's a i know we we do understand that not everyone uses facebook some people only use twitter uh some people only get on the boards and use that. But uh, unfortunately, in this case, uh, Facebook does have the widest reach and it's the, the easiest way to also keep it all together. I know I know everyone would take the time to just email it to us uh, separately, but then we would have an overflowing inbox where questions would surely get lost but on on facebook it's just all broken down you just comment below the main post about it and it's all right there you mm-hmm. can see what other people are asking so uh it's not also a question of well i uh, maybe maybe they won't answer this because other people have asked you can see it all right there makes it nice and easy so it, we do apologize that we can't we can't accept questions from uh, all, all sorts of uh, social media and and email in the boards, but it's it's really just for our sake because you know we already have a million things going on in our day to day workflow, and uh, so not that we don't. Michael specifically puts a ton of effort into this, so uh, it's part of our way of uh, of helping him out in keeping him sane is by making it easier. <laughs> so if we could all oh, just do that, you. it would be greatly appreciated. Mm-hmm. And if you're not on Facebook, uh, send your question to a, a friend of yours who is <laughs> and ask them to post it Yeah, it, in your name. <laughs> uh, yes, absolutely. So, okay. um, well, I can talk about the next thing that I wanted to talk about. Already, ready, and that is you may have heard on a recent Walt Disney World edition podcast that uh, we are going to start looking uh, for listeners to join join us for our this day in Disney history quiz that we do every single week. So we have we have run through most of our team members who will participate in our our shenanigans and our quizzery, and. Uh, we so we're ready to start expanding outwards, and we know there are a lot of people out there who are much smarter than me when it comes to to history, and we want to find you. And uh, this is this is difficult because we 
we want to have uh, we we want to try to figure out the best way to to pull you in and so uh but we don't want to also just pick favorites so we're we decided that we are going to approach it as somewhat of a contest so you hear us uh, on a weekly basis talk about our our twitter handle that we have uh, at connecting walt and that's where we post our, our show updates as well as anytime we see any any fun history tidbits that we want to share with y'all out there that we 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 make sure to share it there. So uh, that's become a really just just kind of our, our hub for a, a lot of things we like to do with with the show. And so for that reason, and you might be saying, well, you just told us moments ago to send all questions to Facebook. That's for a complete different reason. That that's for organizational purposes. <laughs> but for for fun reasons, uh, we want to do this on Twitter. So uh, very soon, if you're you're following us on Twitter at Connecting Walt, you will see a post go out that will uh, will alert you that if as long as you're following us and you retweet the post, uh, that you will be able. Technically, you will be entered in to have a chance to to appear on our podcast during the this week uh, this day in Disney history quiz that we do. And uh, once you know, we'll have it open for a while. I, I don't even know at the time of recording this when it's going to go up. But again, keep following us on there and make sure we're a priority so you can see it if you want the chance to be on it. And uh, you know. Just make sure you're following us, retweet it, and after a certain period of time, when we're getting closer to the point where we're ready to record uh, our, our next segment of that, we will we will pick one person at random and reach out and uh, try to make contact and then invite you to be on. And if that person doesn't get in touch, we will, of course, do the scientific method of going back to the drawing board and picking another person at random until one of you out there finally responds to us. So uh, it's, it really, really doesn't require anything special. The one thing that we are going to ask of you is that uh, we, we just, even though it might sound a little weird, we will need your phone number when it gets to that point. Not you don't Please don't tweet us your phone numbers. We don't need that information getting <laughs> out there. Uh, but but we will have to ask you for your phone number so we can call you in during that during our taping. So that's the only thing. If if you're comfortable with that and and you feel like you can compete against me on the on the history quiz, then we we cannot wait for it. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to be very fun getting to involve our listeners because uh, you know we 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 ultimately do this for you guys out there. We. We we want to help spread the 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 passion that we have for Walt Disney and everything that's come from Disney. But ultimately, you know, it's it's the fact that you guys are out there listening to what we're doing and and staying loyal to us that that just helps keep this keep this whole machine going. So this is also a way for us uh, to give back to you. So. Uh, looking, I'm very much looking forward to this, and hopefully it all runs yep. smoothly. It'll be a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of fun, last week 
of course, we had part one of uh, Craig and I building the Disneyland of our dreams. And we we got so involved in building like half the park <laughs> that we put off building the other half until this week. So, uh, Craig, do you want to – this was your idea initially. So do you want to uh, bring our listeners up to speed on sort of what we did last week and where we're at this week? Yeah, and just to recap the concept, uh, Disneyland of Our Dreams is just as simple as the title is. We are creating the Disneyland that would be perfect to us, um, except, of course, with the ground rules that uh, you know we we could only choose an attraction, uh, one restaurant, shopping, uh, one one gift shop that is, and one form of entertainment, uh, all from either past or present to be in each realm of the Disneyland of our dreams. So it made it very difficult. Of course, the first, the first, uh, round we did, we, we cheated a little bit on some and we will continue to cheat again on this one. <laughs> uh, so let's, let's not pretend like we won't, but yeah, that, that is where it's not cheating. We're just expanding our vision. Yes, it's, <laughs> by, by the time we create the, the animal kingdom of our dreams, we'll be, we'll be pulling in stuff, from uh, theme parks that we probably haven't even heard of yet, but we'll, yes, we'll have that's to. True, <laughs> we'll it have hasn't to been there. built yet. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we'll we'll get there one day, but uh, yeah, that that is the concept of Disneyland of our dreams. So now that I've explained the Disneyland of our dreams, uh, we on the last episode, as we have already said, we we knocked out Main Street USA, Adventureland. Frontierland and New Orleans Square. So now we have the last four realms to go over, and that, of course, is well. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil it for you. We have Critter Country, we have Fantasyland, we have uh, we have Toontown, and then of course Tomorrowland. And as we've said before, we're gonna wrap things up with a little bit of fireworks and maybe even a parade, but. It's, or two, because I have a daytime parade and a nighttime parade. <laughs> that is true. Remember, this because is because in Dis- the Disneyland of my dreams, we have two parades, and I'm I am all <laughs> for that. It's we're, we're having fun with it, and we're on a roll. Mm-hmm. And there's gonna be there's gonna be a dark cloud over us with Tomorrowland, so we need sure. to find as much uh, brightness in in everything else that we do talk <laughs> about. So. We're going to start, obviously, with the, the next logical one we left off in New Orleans Square. So next, we are traveling back into Critter Country. So, Michael, will you kick us off in this episode with the one attraction that you would have in the Disneyland of your dreams in Critter Country? Well, you know, I'm, I'm doing a switch out. You know, there's no fight in the poo. But <laughs> <laughs> I would replace our... Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh with the Tokyo Disneyland's Pooh Honey Hunt. Okay, I'll give you that. Because that is so much better. Uh, we, we talked about it back in October when I returned from Tokyo Disneyland. It's just so superior, the, the effects, the storyline, the trackless ride system, um, the, the details of that attraction. But... I would keep our exterior queue that we have at Disneyland, which is, you know, the the remnants of the old country bear jamboree. Um, Mm -hmm. 
and the exterior cue because it fits in better with the theme and the environment of that land. But uh, whereas in Tokyo, you're walking through the pages of a book, which is very cool. And it tells you the story um, that leads you onto the attraction. So I would keep the exterior, but I would have a completely new interior. It would be Pooh's Honey Hunt. Okay, okay. Um, well, I am probably going to shock most people with my choice because I think when when anyone would think of Critter Country or Bear Country before it, uh, we, we know one of the attractions that's most near and dear to my heart that I love, just love so much, is Country Bear Jamboree. And I would love to have that in the Disneyland of my dreams, but... Unfortunately, that's going to be in the Magic Kingdom of my dreams one day when we get to that. So another spoiler. But, of course, I have to go with one of the one of the things that I love most about Disneyland, and that's the Davy Crockett Explorer Canoes. Mm-hmm. So, I... Listen, this is not the greatest attraction that you, you can take part in. I think anyone who's done it, who's had to sit right behind a little kid that could barely reach their paddle in the water and therefore would end (laughs) up just splashing you the entire time, you know how bad it can be. Uh, But... Or, or guests who just get tired of rowing halfway through. It, so it, that you too. and like four other people are rowing that whole big canoe. That too. I've, <laughs> I've been a part of both Me of those too. scenarios multiple times. And uh, it is it is just frustrating as I'll get out. But it's just, I mean, you just don't see this anywhere. You don't get the, the chance unless you go out to your own lake nature reserve wherever in and canoe on your own this is right in a theme park and it's it is so weird but the way that that the people who are are guiding you on this the the people who are in charge are just belittling you the entire time for your skills (laughs) while you're rowing and it's it's all in good fun but it's just it is such it's such a cool experience. It's it's one of those one of those things that I I just I am so glad that I've I've been able to do it. I don't I don't think it'll be around forever. Um, did has it even been back since Rivers of America opened back up? Yes, I, it's opened up. I believe okay. it's opened up again. I didn't I didn't see anyone doing it when I was here the last time, but. Um, like it, the last time I was in Disneyland, they also I think. I think the Columbia was under daytime refurb. So like it was being used for Fantasmic, but it wasn't something you could ride during the day. So I didn't know if it was just because of the time of year I was there or what, but I, I love the, the canoes. It just, it, 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 even though the rivers of America are shortened, just the different transportation options, like you said before, you would have bring back, the uh, Mike Finkiel boats for Frontierland. This is like one of those ones that I just, as many ways as you can get around the rivers of America, the better. Mm-hmm. In my I agree. opinion, and it is it's amazing. I'm always shocked when it reopens because they they have lost it at other parks. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it, it it's opens on weekends and seasonally, so that's why you might not have caught it. That would probably be it when you're there mostly during the the weekday. Uh, weekdays it's pretty easy to miss i would say <laughs> but i love it uh, so much but what about for restaurants for you 
Restaurants, uh, you know, um, as much as I like the Hungry Bear, it's not the one I would put in. I'd put something a little more thematic from the past. And it's sort of still there. Um, I bring back the Mile Long Bar. And this was a Western country bar that was offering snacks. It offered non-alcoholic drinks and and comfort food. Uh, What made the bar so famous, though, during... All, all its time there. I think it was there like 16 years. It it had the optical illusion. The bar had mirrored walls on either side, so it looked like the countertop stretched for a mile. And the and of course oh, that makes sense. It it, it, <laughs> it had busts of Melvin Buff and Max, who of course were the stars of the Country Bear Chamboree, and they now hang in the Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. So. Um, but, yeah. Um, yeah. So I would bring that back. It's now. I think it's now the. It's it's part of one of the poo shops or something back there. Yeah, I think I, I read that in my research too because I tried, I tried to avoid a hungry bear when I was I was making a choice for this, but uh, it was just one of those things. I, I there wasn't a lot in what I was looking for. There wasn't a lot of documentation on the the restaurants that were there before like you said it's i think it was the mile long bar um a thing called the golden bear lodge for a while and and that was that was just about it i still have never eaten at the the harbor gallery which oh i like that that's where the lobster roll is yeah Mm -hmm. and i i thought i ate there at one point and then i realized like no i i haven't i always think about it and then nine times out of ten i just go get a corn dog instead um but yeah so i had to choose hungry bear ultimately since it is a place i've dined at but of course i'm gonna put one of my classic asterisks on this and i'm gonna say the hungry bear restaurant but my my dream hungry bear restaurant still has the fried green tomato sandwich i was just gonna say that it has to have the fried i don't know if i've eaten there since they got rid of it i did once i just had to grab something I, I think it was the trip that i was out there with my dad we just needed to grab something to eat so uh we sat down there but um yeah i luckily luckily i was able to get the fried green tomato sandwich once before it went away uh and oh, just such such a good meal it was it was so delicious mm-hmm. and i they That's have excellent. it in cafe orleans but another um, reason to eat there have it in the disneyland of your dreams yeah, but it's I, I I enjoy the setting of Hungry Bear Restaurant. I love I love the area. It's I I think it is a beautiful restaurant. It keeps keeps the country bears involved. I I remember that first trip I took to Disneyland in the in the 90s. I can remember I can remember us eating there for either lunch or dinner. So it's while while I don't love its current iteration, I I I do. I do have some fondness for country or for Hungry Bear restaurants, so that's what I would choose for mine. But uh, what about a shop? A shop? Well, uh, in my my effort to depuify this realm, um, <laughs> I'm I would bring back the Ursus H Bears Wilderness Outpost. It's now Pooh's Corner, but this. Uh, so basically, I changed the name of the shop. And yeah. and retheme it back to what it was. Uh, of course, again, trying to bring back Country Bear Jamboree. Ursus, of course, was the founder of the Country Bear Jamboree, if you recall. And I also like 
the fact that, and a lot of people would know this, is that Ursus means bear in Latin. So I like that little, you know, mm-hmm. play on words there. And in its day, it sold, you know, country-style souvenirs. And then just, you know, sort of your standard park items kind of thing. But they, they were themed to the to that land, to yeah. country bears and stuff. So I would uh, I would have that there. Yeah, I uh, I will be honest. I don't go in any of the gift shops in its current iteration in Critter Country. Uh, it's nothing against them. I, I just don't have any reason to to go in them. So I I looked back to the past on this one to see what was interesting in there before, and I, I think it would have been part of Frontierland back in the day, and then. Um, and then when Bear Country came into that area, this this um, this gift shop remained, but it was called the Indian Trading Post. Yeah, and uh-huh. uh, it basically was like a a rustic cabin with a kind of northwestern United States feel to it, and essentially it just uh, it's. Uh, it sold Indian arts and crafts or Native American arts and crafts. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't it just because it was named Indian trading post. I don't want to be <laughs> insensitive to it, but uh, yeah, it had arts and crafts and uh, Native American pottery, jewelry. And I, again, kind of like my antiquing that I, I love looking at. I, I, I enjoyed this as well too. So it, I, it, I'm glad it stayed after it became bear country. Mm-hmm. It clearly, I understand why it eventually uh, left to become the Briar Patch because that that makes way more sense um, than than a random shop selling Native American goods in the middle of Critter Country. But uh, the fact is, it still it, it was there one day, so yeah. it's, it's going to be added back there. in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I, I like that. So good. Uh, what about this one for me? I, what is there for entertainment? Was there any oh, entertainment here? Oh, I have okay. one, but I'm stretching the concept. Okay. But I think you'll be happy with this. It'll make your dreams come true. I'd build a smaller version of the Country Bear Chamboree. Uh, I'll allow it. And I'll jump because, on yours. <laughs> because they were entertainers. It was a show. Um, but it would only have one theater because that helped bring back, bring down bring it down it was because they built two large theaters yeah and it it didn't after the first after the novelty wore off they 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 had trouble filling one theater so it it, so i would have one smaller one you know where they could easily fill it and it would run all three seasonal versions. It would have the original Country Bear Jamboree, it would have the Country Bear Christmas Special, and it would have the Country Bear Vacation Hoedown in the summer. Yeah, see, that's I, I, I love that idea. So I, you know, I, I would also, I would also accept a full blown meet and greet with the Country Bears daily. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that would also be good but anything entertainment style with with the country bears even if they had like i I would love for them to have the country bears come out and then find performers that will come out and play some of the songs from the country bear jamboree and make it a little fun fun. a little fun dance environment i i guess ultimately it ends up that there's just absolutely no room back there to to do too much uh entertainment offerings and unless you Unless you go back specifically for Winnie the Pooh, which who does that? 
Um, or not as many as they had hoped. Yeah, it, well, you either do that or you're getting off of Splash Mountain. But that's the only way you end all the way up in the back. And <laughs> I, I, that's actually a, a good segue because, well, we've reached the end of Critter Country and it's just a dead end. There's nothing else. So uh, we're going to have to turn back around and head through Critter Country. We're going into New Orleans Square, and I'm going to opt, instead of walking through Frontierland, I'm actually going to opt to jump on the Disneyland Railroad. And That's good, because Frontierland's probably crowded. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not good. I want to I wanna experience taking that left-hand turn in a Disney park on a train because it's just where else do you get to take a left-hand turn on a train ever it's, it's just so reckless yeah it's so daring <laughs> it's scary i, I hold on yes. for dear life every time so as i'm they sitting did a nice job with yeah. that area oh i agree it's it's absolutely beautiful i it's i rode the train on my last day at, at disneyland this last time i was out there and it's just like I had forgotten since the last time I was out there how beautiful it all came together. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully, I, Galaxy's Edge doesn't screw it up too much. I I got oh well it, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be horrible for crowds. But yes. I um yeah I was at Rope Drop and that was what I went on. I went on the railroad. <laughs> okay. I I'm fully behind it. I love that was that was my tough. That would have been my number two attraction. To save on Main Street. I probably should have thrown it in as well, but we're, we're already past that. But we're on the train now, and we're traveling, uh, because the train still has to be there in our dream park. Uh, we'll just, we'll add it in that way. Uh, but we're going to get off at, we're going to get off at the Fantasyland Toontown Station, and once we get down that ramp, instead of going and exploring Fantasyland, uh, I think we'll go into Toontown first. And, you know, I am going to preface it. Uh, before we started recording, I said I didn't really want to go back-to-back on Toontown and Tomorrowland and bum people out and get them to stop <laughs> listening. So we're going to pardon my my French on this one, but we're going to do what they call in the writing business or the teaching business, I believe, is a crap sandwich. So <laughs> we're, we're going to approach it in that way. So let's go to Mickey's Toontown. And Michael, a lot of attractions to choose from. I know, and... You know, I I sort of went all over the place because, you know, do I bring back an existing traction to its former glory before the yeah. lawyers got involved? No, but, you know, I decided I'm going to bring one from Tokyo Disneyland okay. from their Toontown. I'm going to bring Goofy's Paint and Playhouse. I, you'd like this. It's like a cross between um, Toy Story Midway Mania and Goofy's Bounce House. So basically there's you, you have Goofy's house, which is basically the walls are it's all projections, the furniture and all of that. And guests are stationed at um, paint shooting devices called Toontone Splatmasters. And they basically work, it's the same concept as uh, as the little shooting devices on Toy Story Midway Mania. Mm-hmm. And then what they do is they shoot all these paint blots and stuff, and, and they, they use all these different actions to sort of redecorate Goofy's room. Mm-hmm. And, and you change it, and... and cooperation is part of this but what's intriguing and i can't quite figure this out is there's like these saloon doors or something and for some reason when you hit those all that humphrey the bear (laughs) appears oh wow and as you hit him and do this stuff he then changes his costumes so he's in all these different seasonal 
costumes and all that. It's the it's wow. the wackiest thing, and um, I just thought that's a that's is a lot of fun, and uh, I think it would be a nice addition. Yeah, to to Toontown. Yeah, I'm I'm all for that. Uh, obviously, this is this is an easy one for me because I, I could well I could cop out on this one and I could say it's easy and just choose all of Toontown since mm-hmm. I'm I'm at a park that no longer has it and there is a lot to love about Toontown but uh you know for me one of the movies that was very important to me growing up that I didn't see as early as I I wish I had but I still I love it, and it's one of those ones that anytime I'm seeing it on TV, I have I have to just stop and watch. And that, of course, is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So I I couldn't I I just couldn't live in a Disneyland of my dreams in Toontown without Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin. Oh, yeah. And this was this was one of those attractions like like um, Indiana Jones Adventure that I can remember reading about in the old Disney magazine. The the I believe it was a quarterly magazine that was sent out. I can remember reading about Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin and dreaming of the day that I could get out there and finally see it. And I don't, I, I am 99% positive I didn't see it on my one trip in the 90s. And that I don't even think we went back to Toontown on that one. But I did, I did get to do it on my very first trip going out as an adult. And it just, it, you know, it's it's just inspired by Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It isn't it isn't like the plot of the movie or anything, but it has that same essence and that same character to it. And it's just it's zany, it's wacky. It could probably use a little TLC here and there, but mm-hmm. I I love Roger Rabbit. It's it, I know he's slowly falling into into nothingness he's disappearing from all of our minds like bing bong in inside <laughs> out but it's it's just something it, it add add more roger rabbit anywhere i i would go insane and the fact that well i'm not going to get there yet but it's it, the fact that you guys have have anything roger rabbit at all is just so so cool I know, especially when you think of all the grand plans they had for him mm-hmm. and that series of films and, and you know and shorts, it's just it's too bad. I, I'm always hoping they're gonna work something out with Spielberg and all that to bring them back because um I think it'd be wildly popular. Yeah. I I don't ever see it happening, but it's yeah. we can dream. I know. But, well and that's what we're doing. It's none of our <laughs> that's dreams. Right. Roger's right up there. <laughs> Along with the Muppets, and which we haven't even mentioned, but they don't exist in this. Yeah, realm. well, see, I was I was gonna try to mess around with you back in New Orleans Square on the last were. episode and say <laughs> that I'm waiting for the great moments in history of New Orleans with the Muppets. And oh yes, you know, Muppets take New Orleans. Well, they need to perform <laughs> a show talking about the history of New Orleans and explaining explaining the history of it and like all the poles out there that have the hooks on that oh no oh no i thought you were going to say blue bayou put kermit in the swamp an audio animatronic kermit oh michael you are a genius (laughs) (laughs) you know what i i I know we talk sometimes about what you want to do after retirement but i Mm -hmm. think you should retire and then go to imagineering (laughs) yes 
If you if you're gonna that, keep that would, incorporating the Muppets like that, then absolutely that would be Disneyland of my nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Kermit in the Bayou. Hey, I, I love it. Uh, <laughs> um, what about this? This is a tough one. I I have to admit I don't have a restaurant for here because I don't think I've ever grabbed any food here. But no. what is this, there anything for you? This it's this what they did with Toontown here originally Walt meant for you know Fantasyland to be the the grab and go you know hot dog hamburger place and that's yeah. what they did with Toontown. I would bring over, I would bring over a restaurant which I'm hoping they're going to actually build in World Showcase over at Epcot. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is actually this is in Disneyland Paris. Their version of Toontown is called Toon Studio. And they have Bistro Chez Remy, and it's it's a French dining establishment. So I, I, it doesn't have to be French dining, but it's from a rat's eye view. So it's like you sit in a giant champagne cork, or you yes. no, your table's the giant champagne yeah. cork, and you sit in a jam jar lid. Everything is larger than life there, and th- there's oversized cocktail umbrellas. There's big giant cookbooks and cutlery. Uh, y- they shrink you down to a um, the size of a rat. So, and the food, I guess, is good. I don't know. Of course, they have ratatouille on the menu. Yes. and <laughs> But it's modeled after the restaurant that Remy opens in, of course, the end of the Disney Pixar yeah. film Ratatouille. And so, I, I just think this would be such, again, trying to look for some nicer dining um, experiences in Disneyland. Because I do think it, it needs a few more like that. I think this would be fun. In there, exactly how it would fit in, I don't know, but or where, um, but I think it would be. I, I just think it would be great to have a, a nice little dining, cartoony kind of area like that. Yeah, no, I, I think it sounds cool for me. My cop out on this one, uh, I would say I know they sell it in there. So if you are a fan of Mickey bars or Mickey ice cream sandwiches. I would just get one and enjoy it in Toontown. It feels mm-hmm. like a feels like a good place to do so. <laughs> so. And, and I remember at, at Toontown in Tokyo Disneyland, they had these great, um, I don't know what they were. It was some sort of Japanese food, and it was it was themed. It was whatever the theme was running, the, the celebration that was running. I remember one of the foods was from there, and it was it was it was. Japanese style food and it yeah. was really really good. Well, in, so whatever that was, I would have dropped it in, but I couldn't remember where we got it from. And it was boring, yeah. right? And what I would <laughs> honestly say is, I feel like there has to be a market for like uh, mochi and do like Disney character mochi, and no better place to put it than Toontown. Mm-hmm. So that that would be something that I would like to see, but in, in the reality that we're dealt with. My, you know, I have to, I have to tell my dreams every once in a while. Can't get too excited. So just have to settle for, well, for me, it's a Mickey ice cream sandwich. I'm not a, a Mickey bar enthusiast at all. So just, just grab a Mickey ice cream sandwich. But do you have a, a shop that sticks out in your mind in here that you enjoy? No, you know, they, they have one shop, basically. <laughs> um, the five and dime. Yeah, so I yeah, I think it's fine. Me too. Uh, you know, I I don't have any qualms with this. Sometimes they have things in there that are unique to that particular shop, 
Or if you're looking for something and it's sold out everywhere else, sometimes that's the last place it's sold out. That you have a chance of finding it. Yes, that was absolutely a hundred percent the point that I was going to make. I remember at the start of the 60th anniversary, the uh, the beautiful hardbound book that mm-hmm. what they made for it. I, I can't remember which author. Maybe Tim O'Day put it out with with Kevin Kidney. I might be just making that up, but. Uh, I, I know you bought it too. I'm mm-hmm. sure you have every book, um, <laughs> but I remember searching every single gift shop throughout the park to try to find it. And the only place I was able to to get a copy immediately that day that I went to look for it was back in the Five and Dime. And then I'm sure the next day it was everywhere. But um, that that or first it was gone. <laughs> yeah, or it was but that's gone. One I, or the other. There's been at least two other occasions where I've wanted to find something uh, somewhere else in the park and I strike out everywhere and then it just happens to be back there. So I I enjoy it for that reason that you can you can usually find it because no one is going back there to shop. But Mm -hmm. entertainment and I, I mean, we have to preface this by saying that character interaction can also be included in entertainment. Well, I was going to say Mickey and Minnie. Yeah. Absolutely. Mickey and Minnie's meet and greet in their houses. There are children that live for that, 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 that that's where they want to see them, in their houses. And they've done such a nice job, I think, with oh, yeah. the houses. Yeah, I don't think I've been through Minnie's. I've definitely been, I've met Mickey back there before, but I don't, I don't remember if I've been through Minnie's. I think I've been inside, but I didn't end up meeting her, so... I, I don't do and, well with with yeah. character interactions a lot of times. And, and I would add a I would add Roger Rabbit back there too. That was a hundred percent what mine was, and what I almost <laughs> slipped out when we were talking about uh, cartoon spin. But I know that Roger Rabbit gets uh, rolled out uh, every now and then when there's uh, special events, uh, limited time events. Um, I, I mean, he used to be back in uh big thunder ranch which we talked about last episode he used to come out Mm -hmm. there in easter because i know i got i got my photo with him at least once during that time but uh he he deserves to be in toontown and he really should be there every single day in my opinion i agree absolutely that should just be his spot he should always be there and it's like like we preach all the time on this show. It doesn't matter if your kids don't know who Roger Rabbit is. It is a it's a great way to introduce them into it. So you know, Roger Rabbit might not be for for the youngest of children who are enjoying a lot of what Toontown offers, but but for those kids who were you know seven eight years old, I would say I would say Who Framed Roger Rabbit is definitely appropriate for them to start watching then. And open them up to a whole new world of, uh, of, of different animated characters that are out there. And the whole idea of Toontown as a whole. So, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, so that, I guess, yeah, that does it for Toontown. So now, that was, uh, now... I guess it was a reverse crap sandwich. I apologize. I said that incorrectly before. We're getting to the good meat of the sandwich. Um, and that, that of course, is Fantasyland. So mm-hmm. a lot to choose from here in there terms are. of an, an attraction, for sure. So I'm very interested to hear what you pull out of it. The, uh, you know, it's funny because to me, this is almost a perfect realm. 
Um, Agree. Yep. I, I love this fantasy land, except for crowd control. Uh, I, but I like how it's round, rounded, where when you walk in, you are in like a courtyard feel for it. Uh, you know, in, in when I was a boy, it dead ended. So I'm glad that they now have Big Thunder Mountain Trail, which ultimately lead to Galaxy Edge. So there's going to it's just n- nightmares are coming. But um, but um, I, I like how it has different levels because you have the Casey Jr. Circus Train, you know, on, on the sort of the second yeah. level and the the hills of storybook land and you have the the second level of the Alice in Wonder Alice's Adventures in Wonderland up there you know with the the partly of the the part you know the exterior of the track and even the monorails zipping along there yeah, with yeah. the Matterhorn you know towering over I mean it it's so beautiful and the second story windows the evil queen looking out and all that so I thought you know oh gosh this is so hard but you know what I I would bring something back Okay. Um, but I would bring it from the Magic Kingdom. I'd bring back the Mickey Mouse review. Okay. I, I would put okay. it somewhere in there. I loved this. Uh, it was a it was an audio animatronic musical concert. Um, it was conducted by Mickey Mouse with characters from Disney animated films performing songs from their films. Uh, in the lobby was an eight minute film on Mickey's career that was shown to guests because there's nothing in the park that really tells about Mickey. I mean, I guess there is a little in Toontown, but I would, I, I just thought, I, I want more audio animatronics in the park. So that's okay. why, as much as I like Mickey's Philhar Magic, I would prefer updated audio animatronics, maybe even bring in some of the more um, contemporary films into it. But, you know, they had like, you know, the, the Big Bad Wolf and the Three Little Pigs and all that, which I loved that. And uh, um, so I would bring, I'd bring back, I even saw this when it was still in Tokyo. I saw it in Japanese. Yeah. And although, you know, it went back and forth. Mickey spoke Japanese. Everyone sang in, in English. I, I didn't quite get it. But, uh, but um, I, I, this was just such a sweet show that I, I, it, it should have a place. Every, there should be a show like this in every castle park. You know, now they yeah. do have Mickey and the Magical Map, which I think there should always be a character show, you know, somewhere in in a in a castle park. Mm-hmm. But I think there should be something devoted to Mickey. Yeah, you know, in every castle park. Yeah, for for me in the Disneyland of our dreams, of course. Uh, even though it could be considered an attraction in itself to have Sleeping Beauty Castle there. Uh, Obviously, it's Disneyland. It has to have Sleeping Beauty Castle. So that that was just already added in. But mm-hmm. for me, I as much as I love every single dark ride that is throughout here, as much as I love It's a Small World, the one, the one thing that I would truly ever miss from Disneyland is the Matterhorn being mm-hmm. in that skyline. It's just... It's, uh, the ride itself... Um, I went on it multiple times this past time that I was out there, and I can confirm it still kills me every single time oh, I go on yes. it. And it's just agonizing pain. And uh, unfortunately, we we had the luck that we we ended up on. Um, they they got really behind on loading, so we got pulled on their. Uh, 
we got pulled off to the side while we were still in the car on their their track that can be used to pull off cars and and so because of the inconvenience and being pulled to the side for a while they they let us ride again which the group just blindly said okay to and so there's nothing like going on Matterhorn back to back with no time in between it is just pure pure torture in every way shape and form but uh and i feel like the ultimate karma is i think rhino made the decision to go on it again the second time and uh he he made the ultimate decision on that and on the left track if you are lucky it doesn't happen every single time but I would say maybe like one out of every seven or eight times. For some reason, I don't know if it's the wave of the water that you splash down into or or what. But a massive wave will come up and over the bobsled <laughs> and just soak you. And it, it happened to him. And it was so funny because the first the, the first time we went through, I was like, it would be great if it happens that that he's the one who gets gets drenched on it and you know maybe the drop or two that you normally get on the matterhorn uh but then yeah the the next time it just we had that timing and that wave just came up and over and it was the ultimate karma but ultimately uh matterhorn while it it has so much history it's it's about that skyline for me it is it's one of those it's just one of those icons that just standing outside of it, hearing like the howling of the wind. Um, if you're lucky enough, I don't know when the last time they do it. I, I've seen it, but when they have people climbing the Matterhorn, it's just yeah. it, it's so so cool. So the the fantasy land of my dreams has to have the Matterhorn on it. I agree. And That's my favorite roller coaster in the, in the park. It's is the Matterhorn. It hurts. But it's it fun. Does. It's I fun. I don't care for the new bobsleds, but I love yeah. the Matterhorn. I, Especially I, at night. I have to ride it in the daytime, and then I have to ride it at night. I love it at night when you ride the left side. And there's the one section that if they are sending the cars at the same time like they're supposed to, you actually will be riding right alongside another mm-hmm. bobsled that's on the right track. And that yeah. is... That that's neat. I, I enjoy when when that happens. So yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. But what about for a restaurant for you? Boy, you know, there's two. I am going back and forth on what. And one is I don't like the food, but I like the atmosphere. And another one, I like food and atmosphere. Okay. So it's like I and it would create a nice little section in the park if I did all that. And it's like I'm just so torn. Um. Oh gosh, you know what? I th- I think I'm okay. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with something in the past from Disneyland. Although okay. I hate the food, I'm gonna go with the effect that it gave in the olden days before the uh, the 1983 reimagining of of Fantasyland. After passing through Sleeping Beauty Castle, you know, you would see Skull Rock straight ahead. Mm-hmm. And in the area that's now occupied by Dumbo the Flying Elephant. And Skull Rock was part of, it was this beautiful scenic lagoon that was inspired by, you know, Captain Hook's lair 
from the 1953 film Peter Pan. And this was beautiful. It had several waterfalls, tr lush tropical landscaping, but it had the chicken of the sea pirate ship resembling Captain Hook's pirate ship. And it there was a quick service restaurant inside of it featuring the inexplicably popular tuna fish burger. <laughs> I have no yeah. idea why. And, uh, and they had other things there, too. But then you could enjoy your tuna burger and potato chips and all that on the pirate ship itself. So you were elevated looking down, um, you know, on the fantasy land eating. Or there was also a patio um, that overlooked the pirate's cove. What was cool. So this just gave a whole different feel to that area of the park. It was right near, you know, Storybookland Canal Boat. So they sort of bumped up next to each other. Yeah, absolutely. And then, but then at night, Skull Rock lit up with this really eerie shade of like this iridescent green, almost like an underwater kind of green. And it just gave this air of mystery to the whole realm. I mean, I love that effect at night. Yeah, it's... I mean, just uh, this was what I was going to bring up based on what you you were going to talk about. But this is like one of the it's if you've seen photos of it, you you know how cool it looked, um, mm -hmm. it, whether daytime or nighttime. This is just it, I, I wish there was a way for them to bring this back in. I know there's not. And the, the yeah. parks just aren't set up for an environment like this anymore. But it's just I I hate looking at photos of it because it's you just see it and you think how could it have ever gone away? How could anyone ever lose lose that uh, that love for that entire area? It just looks so cool and so iconic sitting in there. They wanted to make Fantasyland bigger. Wanted to give it more room. Bigger That's isn't nice always thing. better. I know, I agree. And just for the record, I love tuna burgers. Oh, I, I, I know a lot of people do. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's They're not everyone's cup of tea, but no. fortunately for me, they are. So this this would have also been right up my alley. So you know, with That slice of American cheese on there, you would have really enjoyed it. Yeah, I usually just eat mine plain. <laughs> so <laughs> I will say that. I, I don't get too fancy. Uh this this was a little bit more difficult for me. I don't uh I, I didn't have anything that jumped out right in front of me uh, uh very quickly, so I, I don't honestly have a lot to say, so I might even let you uh I might even let you talk about your second restaurant too, just to to make me seem a little bit better, but I think uh if I had to, to pick one thing that I, I do love in this area, I, I like Edelweiss snacks. Mm -hmm. And I, I know it's nothing more than corn and turkey legs and, um, and chimichangas. But uh, I, much like my Disneyland corn dog, I love a good Disneyland chimichanga. And I, I know many people think they're disgusting. I think they're great, but uh, beyond beyond the crappy little food that they serve at Edelweiss Snacks, I just I, I love the building. I love the whole Swiss uh, the Swiss cottage feel to it. It's it, it's pretty cool. So that's that's what I'd say for mine. But I, I am interested in what your number two was. 
oh, your second restaurant. I would bring this from Tokyo Disneyland, and it's the Queen of Hearts Banquet Hall. And I place it near, you know, Alice in Wonderland and the Mad Tea Party attractions. Now, this, this is a counter service um, buffeteria style restaurant, and it's themed to the Queen of Hearts Castle from Alice in Wonderland. So it has this sort of um, hedge mage, hedge maze style entrance, and and then and they use forced perspective to have uh, the Queen of Hearts Castle on top. And the theming indoors is amazing. There's practically no straight lines in it. There's lots of characters from the film in there, like the doorknob. Mm-hmm. There's the deck of cards soldiers. The floors look like a chessboard. Um, there's murals depicting scenes in the film. I mean, there's not a square inch of the walls that aren't painted or themed or colored or something i mean it is extraordinary it is you you feel transported yeah um when you walk in here as if you are somehow in the story because things are are just a little topsy-turvy in 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 the style and the decoration (laughs) what's weird is it's next to the haunted mansion it's between the haunted mansion and dumbo but um but um yeah, <laughs> it's it's just it, it it is neat and the food was good, and um, I really enjoyed it. And they had American style food along with some um, Japanese style food, so uh, it, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed eating there, and I I just loved looking at it and looking at all the details. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, okay, well, so that would lead us to a shop. Uh, I I like the Mad Hatter. It just seems appropriate of <laughs> a hat shop that's called Mad Hatters. Yep. And I like that the uh, the you know if you look in the mirror, look in the mirror, and you will. There's a little one of the little characters appears every so often. I don't want to give it away if you've never looked in the mirror. And then I like when you walk around the side of the shop. There's the the little door, the White Rabbit's um, door to his cottage. You know, the cottage is over. There. Yeah. Now I so I think it's nicely done. And I had a feeling that you were also going to to say that because that was uh, that was going to be my number one choice on it. So I decided to choose one that is from the past that I I wish was still around. And this is w- with a catch, like everything that I have to do. But I read about um, the shop that was Geppetto's Arts and Crafts that was mm-hmm. added in with the uh with the 1983 uh fantasy land that opened up and while i guess eventually it became just a a pretty much a normal a normal gift shop apparently when it started out it actually sold uh it it sold marionettes as well as cuckoo clocks Mm -hmm. and I, i i love that so much um you know that's that's one of the greatest reasons to go into the Germany Pavilion at Epcot is to go back and look at all the 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 cuckoo clocks and, and just see how how awesome they are. And so the fact that this was right there as you were getting off of Pinocchio's daring journey and you could go in and maybe be inspired to get a marionette or a cuckoo clock like that's that would that shop would have been been just for me. I, I would have loved yeah. that, and and they don't know what to do with that space. It, it, they change it constantly. 
Yeah, no, I, isn't that the area that eventually became, at least since I was there, that was the frozen meet and greet where they had it, was, it for a while? It, yeah, it had been frozen. It had been Rapunzel. It's been a, uh, oh, these weird acrylic sculptures that you could put your image in. It was a candy shop yeah. with like the Goofy's, um, you know, candy store so original in there yeah uh, it was it's been all kinds of, of crazy things the last time i was at disneyland when you were there i broke down in well the the pinocchio ride. the ride that i have gone 101 in the most if for some reason is pinocchio and it broke down right before you get into where where i was it was right before towards the end before geppetto's workshop so they had to walk us through, and I got to. I walked slowly, and yeah. I got to see a really good close up of all of those cuckoo clocks and and his whole workshop. It's amazing the details that you see in there that they've put in there that you miss when you scoot on through. Yeah, you go way you know, too fast and, and all that. I mean, they did a lot. Yeah, in I, there and stuff on the tables and and all that. I am very jealous. The only yeah. one of those dark rides that I've been evacuated off of was uh, was Snow White, and mm-hmm. that that was obviously a cool experience too. Yeah. But hopefully one day. Uh, if, yeah. Apparently, if it happens to you all the time on Pinocchio, I need to start going on there with yeah. you. Yeah, really. And the, and I got to see the Pepper's Ghost effect at the end that's like really I was gonna ask, yeah 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 oh yeah i could see exactly how it was done cool so. we're not gonna ruin that for anyone no. though <laughs> no okay so that leads us into the entertainment of fantasy land a lot to choose from i would do i'd have the sword and stone ceremony nice you know, host hosted by merlin i just thought this was such a nice unique you know i don't know experience you know and and you know well, and we know of course our our own jim corcus was you know he was a friend of merlin out at the magic kingdom mm-hmm. but this was just such uh, it was just a fun experience if you you know if merlin was really playful and his you know sort of goofy jokes and all of that and then you know then a youngster would you know be able to pull the sword out you know, and and be the ruler of, of you know, England for the day, or ruler of the park for the day. Yeah. You know, I just thought that was cool. Yeah, I've only, I think I've only seen it once in Walt Disney World. That might have been on the 45th anniversary <laughs> as well, too. But I, it, so, yeah, I, I would love to see it in Disneyland one day. That's, that's a great choice. Um for, for me, I'm going to cheat a little bit on this one because uh, you got two restaurants in Fantasyland. Okay. Uh, I selfishly gave that to you, so I'm going to choose <laughs> two forms of entertainment. And the first thing that I would choose is uh, if you have known me at any point in time, you've probably heard me talk fondly about Disneyland with Mary Poppins. And mm-hmm. so... Uh, it, I would have to throw in for the one form of entertainment, even though if it's it's on the front side of the castle, they walk through Fantasyland, so uh, the pearly band, and yes. including Mary Poppins and and Bert out there dancing along. That is, it, it's one of my my favorite things, and I just as a bitter 
Floridian not having anything Mary Poppins out here. It's, it is always such a breath of fresh air when you time it right and you get to see them playing and just being extremely entertaining and entertaining. So I, I just am, I'm in love with the, with Mary Poppins bird and the pearly band. So great. But one for my other one, it was, I just in case you had said that, of course I looked towards the past to see if there was something that I missed uh, along the years. And this is something that just caught my eye as I was going through. And that is the, the plain crazy stage show that used to be on the fantasy land uh, theater stage that I guess was before that was Videopolis, which yes. mm-hmm. is so bizarre, but uh, the plain crazy stage show, even though it took the name from the, the the Mickey Mouse cartoon, obviously playing crazy. Um, this was a a show featuring all the characters from uh, Disney Afternoon. So uh, you know your your Tailspin characters and Chippendales Rescue Rangers and and um, it, it just apparently it was a, a plane got stolen a spy plane. So all the heroes from Disney Afternoon had to to come and recover the plane and had music and the fun and dancing. And it it sounds incredibly cheesy and really, 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 really nineties based, but I am a child of the Disney afternoon. So, uh, this, this would, I, I remember in our Toontown fair when Disney afternoon was everywhere there. So this would have been something that I would have gone insane for, uh, back in the day, so and I would. The theater is still there, so I might as well make use of it and put something on it. So I would choose this plain crazy show. I remember that show because our children were big fans of the Disney Afternoon, and we we saw that. Uh, what was it good? It it, <laughs> it it was you know I was not the target audience, so um, I bet our children enjoyed it. I was going to say, you hesitated a little too much. I don't remember. We did have a show version of that was probably very similar in our uh, in our Toontown Fair, Starland, back at that time. I think it was still Starland. But, um, yeah, I, I'm sure it was probably not good. But I, I still have my pictures with all the Disney Afternoon characters. And that's that's all that matters. <laughs> I, I had a hard time wrapping my head around putting some of these characters in more contemporary settings, like Baloo and, I don't know, was, was he flying a plane? I don't know what yeah. he was doing. I, I had a real rough time with just the ideas of it all, but I liked the fact that, well, at least, you know, they're introducing these characters. Yeah. You know, so. True. Anyway. Okay, so, Wow. Here it is, the the moment we've all been waiting for. Oh, yes. We're going to Tomorrowland. So we are. There's so much to do here. <laughs> there is. Get excited about this one. At least, at least our first step shouldn't be that hard, and that's the attraction, of course. So one attraction. I would have to bring back... The General Electric Carousel of Progress. Smart. Now known as Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress. It is time for this attraction to return home to Disneyland. This was 
one of the 1964-65 New York World's Fair attractions that Walt relocated to Disneyland. It reflects Walt's positive outlook for the future. I think it would be warmly embraced at Disneyland, um, much more so than it is at the Magic Kingdom, uh, just because, you know, we're, we're a little more into our history you know, out here. Oh, I completely and, agree. I don't and, ever want to see it leave, but it yeah. absolutely would be more appreciated the, out there. And the now the second floor, of course, we, we're, we're not going to be able to have Progress City back up there. I mean, because they destroyed most of it. Um, but uh, this once on, but what I think we could have up there, maybe this is sort of tying into the theme. I mean, there could be a million things out there, meet and greets, whatever. But I would like to have, this used to be on Main Street, um, where Disneyland Showcase is right now, um, Preview Center of Coming Disneyland Attractions. And that could be on the second floor. I really miss that. Where This is where I saw models of like Discovery Bay and yeah. Dumbo Circus Land. And where, you know, all the concept art and models, not only of planned attractions or upgrades for Disneyland, but also what they were thinking about, blue sky stuff. So a lot of what we saw in there over the years never got built, but a lot did. Some of it was relocated to the Disney Gallery once that opened up. But uh, but, um, anyway, I would bring bring that back. Uh, Hmm. Bring it home. I, it, it's a good choice. I mean, I was shocked. I was expecting you to go with rocket rods. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> since that has been a recurring topic on our shows lately. Uh, I th- This one was really difficult for me because while it, it, this day and this age, there's, there's truly not a lot to love about Tomorrowland. I do love Space Mountain. Mm-hmm. And I I really love Autopia. I I boy how that my mind has just changed on that so much over the Mine past too. couple of years. Mm-hmm. And um, you know I I still think and we've said it before our Tomorrowland Speedway here in Magic Kingdom is just awful, um, a complete waste of space and just killing the environment one step at a time. But Autopia and Disneyland is just it is so cool and it is really disappointing when someone you try to force on the attraction doesn't feel the same way about it as you do but i won't go down that road that's a, just a whole road filled with bitterness but i i love i love of love, love autopia out there um but ultimately for me it's it came down between two things of the past uh both both experiences i didn't get to to see and the one is the one would be adventure through inner space just mm-hmm. because it's uh, obviously the music and the the opening of all of it is just so so iconic i know all about it just i without ever riding it i don't know if i could truly have that appreciation for it that people who got to experience did but ultimately i look at the uh, the people mover track winding its way through Tomorrowland, and the fact that it wasn't like ours, where it was just boring and stationary on one level. The fact that it would rise, fall, loop around, it just 
the track that it went through that has to make it the one thing that yeah. that i would want in there i i just it has to be the classic people mover cars mm-hmm. with the I the agree. roof and cover it it has mm-hmm. to be restored back to the original and, and i don't care if there are no other attractions in there to to go through and look past and see just that track weaving and winding through just it every time i look at it i just i i think to myself like how how cool it would be if they could just restore it and bring it back and ride around through there so yeah mine mine would have to be getting on the people mover mm-hmm. for sure good choice good choice yeah i know that was uh i think deep down in my head as i was talking that through i was really thinking whether or not i should change my answer so <laughs> I, I feel confident though but what about restaurant this is a toughie <laughs> This is. They've had a variety of things there. But you know what? I would build something that was conceived and never built. Okay. I would I would build the Strata Snack. And this is what was going to be similar to New York Automats. Where, you know, just push a button of your selection and seconds later you have a complete piping hot meal. Oh, I cool. just think that would, you know, it would be, you know, it, it. I think it fits in well to the future, but it's that kitschy, you know, sort of future. And uh, I, I just think that would be very cool. I I agree. And uh, you're probably not going to want to do this show with me anymore after <laughs> after I, I give mine. But I, that when we were just out in Disneyland, even though Red Rocket's pizza port is pretty much despised by everyone I've ever talked to, uh, the fact that for Pixar Fest it's turned into to uh, the alien pizza planet, the piece of cheeseburger pizza I had in there was just so good. And mm-hmm. I I know other people have disagreed with it and said it's disgusting. It doesn't I sound appetizing it. to me. It was so good, though. It just... It, I know it doesn't sound appetizing, but it tasted appetizing. And, um, yeah, oh my gosh, I I really, really loved it. So, uh, I, couldn't, I can't get behind any restaurant. Like, the only other close thing I would say, I enjoyed Tomorrowland Terrace for a while when it first started the... Um, when it first started the uh, the Star Wars food and was mm-hmm. a little bit more creative, I feel like they've kind of scaled back on that now, and it's become a little boring. Uh, like I, maybe that for a time, but the best food item I've ever had in in your Tomorrowland was that cheeseburger pizza, and so no restaurant, just one food item, cheeseburger pizza. That's what I choose. Okay, and I know I've had good salads there. I haven't been eating there in a while, but I've always liked their salads. I highly recommend the cheeseburger pizza. Mm -hmm. That's just me. If you hate it, don't finish it. Send it to me. I'll finish (laughs) it. Uh, I've been dreaming about it for weeks at this point. Well, it's another reason to come out. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what about shops? You have your corn dog in one hand and your slice of cheeseburger pizza in the other. Oh, it's just a heart attack waiting to happen. <laughs> then but, you'll yeah. really be in the Disneyland of your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> what What about shops? Shop, you know, they're they're all variations on a theme. I, I'm fine with Star Traders. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I can live with that. I like the little neon Mickey in the um in, in the little his little astronaut outfit that's on the front. Yep. So and all that is when it works. Um, I'm fine with it. You know, they have their Star Wars stuff in there, and they they have all their different little things. So. Yeah, I I'd have to give the same answer basically for the same reason for you uh, as you is that I like the outside of the building mm-hmm. uh, with the neon. Uh, it definitely would not be the 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 store at the end of uh, Buzz Lightyear uh, oh, Astro Blasters. Yeah, that that thing is awful. So mm-hmm. maybe it was just that I barely ever go on Buzz Lightyear, and then this past trip I was through that gift shop maybe three or four times. Um, but just, just terrible. So yeah, star traders, but, uh, entertainment. I would, uh, if you ever saw the old, you know, the, the Disneyland after dark, you know, television special that yeah, of course, did, yeah. and they showed the bands in the Tomorrowland Terrace. And that was a thing where um, at night, how Disneyland would come alive and you'd have the big bands, you know, over in the Carnation Plaza Gardens. You'd have Dixieland bands performing, you know, at uh, over on the Mark Twain as it sailed around at night. And then you would have, uh, over on Tomorrowland Terrace, they'd rise up on the stage and you'd have a little more contemporary music there. And now it's, uh, those are all one-offs. Well, you know, of course you can't have it on Mark Twain anymore because of uh, Fantasmic. But they don't, do the regular music in Tomorrowland anymore with that stage rising up. And I'd, I'd like to see that come back as a regular uh, offering and have different styles. You know, like don't just have contemporary or don't just have 80s. Throw in, you know, for the older crowds, throw in some 50s and 60s once in a while, you know, and, and, and you know, bands. And um, have a variety of music. But I, I would just like to see that on a regular basis is entertainment at the Tomorrowland Terrace at night. Oh, yeah, no, I, I agree. It's... I, and not too loud. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, I want to say one time I was there, they had... They they took over the stage that, you know, with uh, Jedi Training Academy where, mm-hmm. where they would play music. And I want to say there was a DJ out there for some reason. See, they're doing. They do DJs. They do other things. I would like to see the live music. Yeah, I I would love, and that's what I was kind of getting to with that is that I, seeing the DJ out there, it's it would be really cool to see, um, see the live music. But to be different than you, I I had to choose a different form of entertainment, and uh, I, I I watch videos of the March of the First Order and stuff that is happening. Uh, right now at at Disneyland, which didn't really impress me. So I am really, really going to uh, go into left field with that. And um, I know you're familiar with the the wonderful world of Disney episode, the Disneyland Around the Seasons. Mm -hmm. Uh, In that special, there was basically one point in it where there was a man who took off above Tomorrowland in a jetpack. Oh, yeah. I remember that. The spaceman, yeah. Yeah. And so that literally would be it for me. So mm-hmm. um, I think it was actually, I could be wrong, but I think it was something that happened for a couple weeks 
Like it, it was entertainment that was there. Um, that it was a a guy that just was there with his jetpack, and that was that was it. So I did I couldn't find a lot of information out there about it. Obviously, the video is out there because it's uh, Disneyland around the seasons is pretty pretty widely accessible to find whether on YouTube or the old Walt Disney Treasure DVDs. But yeah, that's that's what I would have in mind because well. It's what else are you going to have? <laughs> Live music or a man with a jetpack? I'll go with yeah. the jetpack. Yeah, that was in the original um, Tomorrowland. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I think that was also the area where they did, like, that was when they were desperate. So that was also <laughs> the area where they would do, like, the model planes. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And, and all that, you know, they'd show them playing with those and well, all kinds of stuff but yeah that was neat that's also when they had like a mr and mrs spaceman um you know walking around but um yeah but that was in he was called yeah he was called rocket man okay yeah, and yeah. He, it was like in um 1965 or so yeah they did it and it was in the yeah in the flight circle in tomorrowland <laughs> and um because i think they're um I think there was like a, a James Bond film that came out at the same time that had a guy in a jetpack. Absolutely, I, so that yeah. was that was like a thing. That yeah. was like a really popular thing back then. And I think even Lost in Space. I think there was a jetpack in that. And, um, and one day we'll all be so flying really around popular. in our jetpacks. Yeah, and we'll I, crash into each other. Well, I I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it for you, but I found out about these jetpacks in the movie Tomorrowland. Mm-hmm. So it's it's going to happen. Oh, it's good. a real movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get out of Tomorrowland, well, both actually, the movie I, there's and... Something, you know how like we talked about the uh, Court of Angels, you know, yeah. adding that... There is something that in the design of the Disneyland of our dreams, I would add something back in. Oh, okay. To Tomorrowland. This is the Tomorrowland corridor of murals, although we just would call them the Mary Blair tile murals. Yeah, I've uh, heard about these the, probably from the, you. The, probably. These are two textured ceramic mural, murals. They were cur, um, created by Mary Blair. This was for the 1967 reimagining of Tomorrowland that Walt was heavily involved in but never saw the completion. He wanted Mary Blair's art included to bring optimism and joy to Tomorrowland, which is Walt's outlook for the future. So these two, and you're thinking, okay, what they, they look like, you look at them and say, yeah, this looks like it's a small world. What does that do to Tomorrowland? But the, they were titled The Spirit of Creative Energies Amongst Children. And so the North Mural was on what was then the Circle Vision 360 um, building, which is now Buzz Lightyear. And it shows children from different nations dancing and making music, but the ribbons above their heads symbolize global communication. And at the top of the mural, um, communication satellites bring the world closer together. The South Mural was on the Adventure Through Inner Space building that you would be in your um to, might, might be in your Tomorrowland, and it, which is now Star Tours, um, it depicts various forms of energy, including solar energy, wind energy, um, you know, water power, fire, and these were beautiful. And most of them are still there. It was cheaper to build a wall over one, although on one of the buildings, uh, was it the 
Star Tours one. They actually did destroy part of the tops and bottoms of the murals before they covered it over. But it could it could be I'm sure it could be restored at an outrageous amount of money. But um, they are there. So, uh, but so I I wouldn't yeah. have those brought back. I, I, those would be in all their glory in in the Tomorrowland of my dreams. Oh, um, and I'm gonna allow it. So it sounds. It's uh, it sounds like something that would just add to the atmosphere. So mm-hmm. I'm I am more than okay with it. I yeah I'm I'm hoping that whatever they decide to do with that place, that they will bring those those murals back. Especially given that Mary Blair has had a resurgent, oh, yeah. in, resurgence in um, recognition and popularity, in the last few years. Oh, I completely agree. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's time. It's definitely time, in my opinion. But. Okay, so Tomorrowland is over. So now we are coming down to the fun. We left we left the best for last, and that is parades and a fireworks show. So uh, we already know, we already spoiled it, that Michael has two parades that he's mm-hmm. choosing from, a daytime and a nighttime. I'm only going to choose one uh, just because I don't have as much experience with the parades as Michael does. And then we'll each do our fireworks. So, well, Michael, let's start with the daytime parade because that only makes sense. Okay. I would choose the Party Gras Parade for, that was uh, in celebration of Disney's 35th anniversary. And actually, you may have seen a version of this, Craig. Well, maybe not. But because it ran, a version of it ran at the Magic Kingdom for the 20th anniversary. Yeah, I actually am... It, Mickey was wearing like a jester's hat in it, right? Mm-hmm, that's yeah, correct. I well, partly I have seen it at Walt Disney World. It was there for uh, one of the trips. I guess that would have been '92, so the first trip that I can really remember as a part of it. But if I'm also remembering, which I believe I am correctly, they also released Burger King toys in conjunction with this, with oh, like a little I parade map. I, I, I need to cool. look it up real quick because I don't want to speak uh, in, out of tone and sound dumb. But I remember this being like mm-hmm. it, it was like a mat that had like kind of a parade route going around and you could collect all four little parade toys. And oh, it cool. was it, I think it was with the party gras. But um, I'm going to let you talk more about it while yeah, I look that up. Burger King in our town at the time. So oh. I, I was unaware of them. <laughs> but. Uh, but um, yeah, this had uh, this parade included floats of Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, Goofy, Donald Duck, Pluto, and it had Roger Rabbit in it as well, which would make you very happy. This is Disneyland's version of a Mardi Gras parade. This parade featured large balloons, stilt walkers, dancers, and performers. And they would toss special um, Mardi Gras coins and strings of beads out to the guests. Even though I don't care for this, um, the parade would stop at intervals and a special performance would be given. Um, but, you know, but they did it all along the parade route. It wasn't like there were rolling stages or something where they would, so that if you weren't in the right place at the right time, you would miss the action. Um, this had great costumes, great energy. Um it, it it I I love this. Even though they used hot 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 during the show stop, okay, it still had it. It had original music in it. You know, there was a Mickey unit, a Goofy unit. They had they they had characters from you know Fantasia 
in that one. They, you know, Pluto's unit had, it was, a, a, for whatever reason, it had a mermaid and a crab float and all this kind of stuff, crocodiles. There, and Donald and Daisy were on that unit. There was a mini unit, and um, she was dressed like Carmen Miranda, you know, in there. And um, th th it, was, it was a very joyful parade. And I think that's why I liked it. It was also, this is this parade ran the first time we took our children to Disneyland. And they don't remember this at all. But we walked, um, you know, we walked over to Disneyland. And even though we could have taken the monorail over in, in you know, and, and gone out and dropped off in um, Tomorrowland, I said, no, the first time got to go through this is when there was still a parking lot and all that mm -hmm. we have to we have to go through the main entrance and they have to enter it properly when we entered it it was and we went through the you know the magic tunnels onto town square the parade was passing through and the minute our children stepped out into there they threw coins and beads like and they landed right at their feet and oh, i wow. thought what a perfect way to enter the park at your first visit. But I just I just loved this parade and I rewatched it on YouTube um just to see is this what I remembered and it is. And so, yeah. you know, this is so popular. They had a version of it in Tokyo Disneyland. It wasn't quite the same, but it was close. They didn't have Roger Rabbit. And then, of course, there was the one we just talked about at the Magic Kingdom. And I would have this as the daytime parade. Yeah. I just think it's great. And it ties into New Orleans Square a bit. You know. Exactly. And I, I did look it up when I was going quiet there for a while. And mm -hmm. I was half right just to correct myself. I said Mickey wearing the jester hat. It was obviously Roger Rabbit wearing the jester hat. Oh, Mickey was dressed as the, the king, obviously. He would be oh, the okay. king of Mardi well, Gras. He, he had something on his head. I don't Ex remember what it was. Exactly. But no, I, I was... They released it in 1991 as part of Burger King for the Disney Surprise Celebration Parade. That mm -hmm. so that would have been when it was finally lined up with the the Magic Kingdom. And I, if it's something you're interested in, I'm not going to post the links to eBay. You can do the search yourself. But yeah, there's still plenty of those toys mint in their package, so you oh, can and own. I, uh, Michael, I, I might even imagine. just send this to you. So. Really? Oh, I would <laughs> love so, that. Just so you can have a piece of it. Um, it's especially since you chose it as your daytime parade. The map that you piece together that comes with it is of of Magic Kingdom, not Disneyland. So, like, I don't want to. I don't want to ruin it mm -hmm. too much but oh um, no i love the magic kingdom and it, i think i did actually see it the magic kingdom version i i'm trying to remember if they changed they might have changed the balloon slightly mm -hmm. i'm not sure they so, there was something in the parade that looked a little different to me and i thought because they redressed the balloon slightly but yeah I'm not sure yeah i think a little bit but mm -hmm. overall this it's a really really good choice so i am uh yeah I, i'm all for your 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 choice on this one so i'm actually going to bridge the gap a little bit on here and okay. um it, it, i actually it, it's not a it's not a parade that you can see year round but uh, something that works as both a daytime and nighttime parade i really love the christmas parade i do too um it's I, I there's just 
there's something about it that just works. And I like that it's different from our parade that we have during uh, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. They're two very separate parades. Um, but I, I do love that aspect of it at Disneyland where it can be used as a daytime parade or a nighttime parade. Mm-hmm. And it just it, it knocks on that Christmas spirit perfectly. Uh, so, yeah, you know, obviously I want to talk about, I, I want to say paint the night or or the Main Street Electrical Parade running down. But to not do the easy answer, I would say I, I love the, the Christmas, the Christmas parade. Too. So, and do you like the silly reindeer with the tongues hanging out, or the more serious reindeer? Oh, I hate all the reindeer. There is oh. there is nothing more creepy than the Disney reindeer. I am <laughs> they they just have this look in their eye that I I don't want to be mean about it, but it just like there is something ultimately creepy about them. Like, if they weren't bouncing around and moving so stagnant, and I think that's part of it, is that the 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 reindeer are so tall, and the head is so elongated that they just don't move naturally. They creep me out so much, but um, I, I appreciate their terror, but <laughs> yeah, I am, I'm okay with no reindeer. Oh no, we have to have reindeer to pull Santa. I have to introduce Santa. But I I would like uh, if I chose the Christmas one, I'd want more the one of the earlier versions. We we've been dinking around with ours a little, moving characters to different um different floats. We got rid of Mrs. Claus a few years ago. Um I would want to get back to one of a few years back. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, otherwise, I love the Christmas parade. I know people say, "Oh, it needs to be updated and all that." And I thought, no, I really like traditions sometimes. Yeah, and that's a nice traditional parade. Yeah, I it, I kind of feel that same way too. Where if you want a flashy parade that needs updated, that should be what's happening with our Mer- uh, very merry Christmas parade. But Disneyland is a it's a traditionalist park, so mm-hmm. Christmas is such a traditional holiday it it only makes sense to keep it as traditional as possible so Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's my input on that one but michael nighttime okay i i have to i love paint the night yeah i i just love paint the night parade or paint the night electrical parade i think that's its official title or what it's called in the show but uh yeah this started out as part of disneyland's diamond celebration and to commemorate this park's 60th anniversary. Uh, it, you know, I loved Main Street Electrical Parade. I loved Spectre Magic um, over at the Magic Kingdom. This is beyond anything like those. Yep. You know, uh, I always, I, I like the, uh, I, I like the song. I, I like how they include the... Uh, and can we the, do this the, again from Wreck-It the, Ralph? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Owl Cities, When Can I yeah. See You Again kind of thing, and that broke hoedown. I think they incorporate that very nicely. It, it doesn't seem like an insult the way it, Light Magic was, and they slapped it in at the end, and it seemed like, oh, you're really uh, you're really putting the knives in our back when you threw that one yeah. in. And then, but um, it, I, just, I, I think it's lovely. I know that they had to make some changes to it when it moved over to Disney California Adventure. I'm glad they kept the Charlie car, red, red Charlie's cars um, 
wires up, you know, for the exactly. So it meant yeah, they had to get rid of the frozen float. But I, it's funny. I thought stylistically it didn't fit well with the parade. I didn't mind they had a frozen float in there. I'd have no problem if they had a redesigned one in it. But it stylistically just didn't seem to fit. Maybe because it was so angular. I don't know. I agree with that. Um, I I will say, yeah, I I am with you 100% on Paint the Night. I, mm-hmm. I mean, we were just being there for its debut. Uh when that happened was just one of a kind. I was just just blown away. Yeah. And every time you look at it, it's different because the lights are just always changing. And Mm. I, I I love it. And I, I will be, I will be honest. I didn't get to catch the full show, just bits and pieces Mm -hmm. in California this time. And, um, I, I mean, granted as of this time that this is being released, uh, we are just, weeks away from the introduction of the Incredibles float mm-hmm. into it. So that could change my mind on it once that is added in. But right now, as at this point, without Frozen, um, at California Adventure or at Disneyland with Frozen, I'd actually go with the one that included the Frozen float. Um, okay. the, visually, the float, I, I agree with you on that. It didn't didn't really fit in but i thought they i thought they remixed the music enough to fit in with that overall theme where it actually it worked really well um i think it i think it worked in perfectly i like i said i had no problem with it i'd be that's why i said i'd be fine if they redesigned a float yes and put it back in with that track of music you know, and maybe they will someday. I think the uh, I think the the popularity of Frozen may have thawed a little, and so yeah. maybe that's why they're not. You never know. Yeah, and um, I I could see I could see them never feeling the need to add it back in, but I, I enjoyed it with the music. That's that's where I'm very not hesitant about Incredibles being in there, but like I as much as I do love the entire parade, like I feel. I feel like the the Monsters Inc. Sesh, section, while cool uh, musically, it's a little bit lacking. And I know they kind of have the uh, they they have Monsters Inc. music in there, and Monsters Inc. music's iconic. I think Incredibles music is iconic too. But uh, it's a, a lot of that parade works best when it's taking the songs from mm-hmm. the movies and remixing it into. It. So I agree. I agree. And I know that they had to redesign the uh, Little Mermaid float just a bit so it would fit under the trolley wires. Yeah. But, you know, it's not noticeable. It doesn't take away from the float at all. I agree. And yeah. In fact, I have to watch your video from Disneyland and then the updated video that I guess Tyler took mm-hmm. to even s- and compare because I-, I didn't even remember. But, boy, Peter Pan's head barely clears. Yeah, those trolley cars, the wires. <laughs> but the wires have to be there. They oh. have to. I, I thought when they were going to remove them, I thought that makes no sense. Yeah. So um, aesthetically and thematically and all that. Exactly. So I'm glad they kept them. So um, yeah, and and I found the perfect spot to watch um, Paint the Night at California Adventure. I will always sit there, and I am not. I'll tell you off air, but I'm not <laughs> telling anyone else. Otherwise, I'll never get to sit in that spot again. 
I, you know what, that's <laughs> as much as we love sharing our insider information and our tips and tricks, some things are better left unspoken. And mm-hmm. this is definitely a case of that. But my only problem is I told Mary Jo and if she hasn't already told the world, um, I will secrets. <laughs> I will make sure she shuts her mouth forever. <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> okay we are at the end of the night and that means it's time for fireworks it is and i love the fireworks i never miss the fireworks unless i'm in california adventure and then i'll see the tail end of them out in the esplanade um i'm one of those people that if there's a fireworks show i'm there yeah and and, and um, the best part is in the disneyland of our dreams the fireworks are never canceled due to wind Oh, yes. Oh, that's great. I love it. So uh, I went back and forth because, you know, everybody loves the 50th anniversary fireworks Mm -hmm. with Julie Andrews. And they are marvelous. I listen to that soundtrack all the time. I love it. But I really liked it. And they came and went so fast. The Disneyland Forever fireworks for uh, for the 60th anniversary. That you know premiered along with um, "Paint the Night" and "World of Colors Celebrate" yeah. for the 60th. I I love. The, I just thought they were great. They started with the history of the park. I loved how they said, you know, 60 years ago where you were standing, you'd be in the middle of an orange grove, and then they showed with the marvelous projection mapping, you know, all these orange trees on on the main street buildings and on the castle. I mean, I just love that. They had they have wonderful homages and tributes to Walt Disney at the beginning and the end of it. And um and and also Peter Pan when you really listen to what Peter Pan says in the beginning and the end he acknowledges the emotional ownership that Disneylanders feel for Walt's Park yeah and um i i just i think it's lovely there's it incorporates fireworks projection mapping um fire lasers searchlights and it has it doesn't just have scenes uh or, or music from the park also from the films the films of uh, of the characters that that reside at disneyland and um i also love it was also the largest projection mapping display ever presented in a disney park at the time up until the magic kingdoms um next version of the whatever their next fireworks show Mm -hmm. was and then and then i i love to kiss good night you know yeah. the the show's exit song, and that again was then was later released on a CD with a, a lovely book. You know, under the song's name, you know that um, you know Richard Sherman um, yes. wrote. Yeah. So I I love this fireworks show. I wish I yeah. This is the one time I was disappointed. Something only lasted during this celebration. I wish it would continue. Yeah. No, I I agree. This was I lucky enough to see it multiple times um and i was close to choosing this too just because i think it 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 absolutely is the disneyland fireworks show that i've seen more than anything else um it's the the couple things though that i think about it and it's not i i don't know if it's enough to ding it badly but uh so when Kylie and I were out on our honeymoon, 
it's we basically only had one night where we had the option to see it and um we ended up we we were in the park for the fireworks but that i mean you know disneyland fireworks if you don't get a good space early you mm-hmm. don't get one at all and, and then so you pray nobody lifts a child on their shoulders right yeah in front of you. and so like <laughs> we were in there for the music but couldn't hear it or we could hear it we couldn't see it so it's like I kind of shrugged it off at the time, and I was like, hey, you know what? You'll see it again. It's it, it, The last time they did a fireworks show for an anniversary, it ran for, for 10 years. So mm-hmm. uh, you'll get another chance. And then it didn't happen, uh, obviously. Uh, it, it left. So there went my my lecturing on that out the window and so i'm the reason uh, we didn't she never got to see disneyland forever despite hearing how cool it was and then the same thing kind of happened with the trip that i went with my dad we only had we had one night in the park and one night uh one night outside to watch in the esplanade and both nights it was canceled because of of the wind and mm-hmm. And so he was very disappointed that because he saw the videos of it, heard it, uh, and just wanted to experience it in person. And and I I think it was up until it, it was up until the Pixar fireworks came out for Pixar Fest, the Together Forever. While I know there's a lot of complaints about the music in the show and the flow of it. Um, oh, I thought the lack of fireworks. That's my complaint. Yeah, there's. Well, <laughs> I, I've heard that too. Um, but in terms of like the projections, it's clear that it, when Disneyland wants to do these projection shows, it doesn't matter what they're projecting on there. It is. It is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the the projections are just as great as they were for Disneyland Forever, in my opinion. So with that experience, it's it it. it I guess my feelings on it changed a little while. Just being able to see any Disneyland fireworks with those projections all over is is, is something unique. But um, I'm, I'm going to have to go the exact same route that I went with the parade, though. Um, I, I think the, the fireworks for uh, Christmas, the Believe in Holiday Magic, is very yes. simple. But I... Maybe it's because it was the first fireworks show I saw with Kylie out there in Disneyland together. Uh, it, it's a little bit more special, but I, I love that show. Um, it's I, I just I really enjoy it. Uh, like you, I love um, I, I love uh, the fiftieth anniversary fireworks for sure. It's the the fiftieth anniversary fireworks were amazing, but I never got to see them. I never got to see the 50th anniversary fireworks as they were supposed to be done since I saw it towards the end of its run. Oh, when um, they pulled out Shenandoah. <laughs> yeah. And, but, but so it's, it, it's a tough one. I still don't think, I think Disneyland forever is probably the closest I've seen to a perfect fireworks show. Um, but I would go with Believe in Holiday Magic, and I, that's uh, a beautiful fireworks show. Yeah. yeah, I would, and then of course my uh, my joke, one that I was actually going to say for a second, and then realized I shouldn't, is magical because I did see that one once, and I did not care for that show one bit. Yeah, that that wasn't one of their strongest ones. Yeah, yeah. there was there was only <laughs> one good aspect about that show. The song, what? <laughs> 
Uh, Dumbo. Oh yes. Yeah. That was that's cool. When Dumbo I, flew. When when he flew, yeah. When because well, if it was too windy, he would have you know been flying over I five. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah yeah I, I now I thought yeah the other neat thing about Disneyland Forever that I didn't mention to was the the things that rose that they had all those things that rose up above um the the um the main street buildings yes and they do that for the pixar yeah during the coco section to the coco which that is probably one of those spectacular scenes in that whole fireworks show yeah oh uh, I, I agree with I, that. I loved it i was so shocked when that happened but uh yeah so th- so that is that's cool i thought you would have said our halloween fireworks i the is very close but i still have not seen the the halloween fireworks the entire way through because oh the gosh. last time last time i was there was the party that we attended together back in 2014 i believe and they, if you don't remember, they canceled the fireworks mm-hmm. right as it was about to shoot off the finale. Yes, I do remember that. I thought, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> Just the lights go on. I mean, when they cancel fireworks at Disneyland, they're not screwing around. It's yeah. like, boom. There's like a giant light switch marked disneyland on off and it's turned off for the fireworks and they just switch it on yeah or when it's over because everything went on the fireworks went off instantaneously and all the lights went on instantaneously and it was (laughs) so bizarre we had prime like we were those crazy people that waited Mm -hmm. right up at the rope in front of Sleeping Beauty Castle to have the best view, to be yeah. able to see Zero, to be able to see the, the globe. Boogie and boogie, yeah. uh, it just, it was, you could not have had a better seat. And I remember just being so confused because it, it was at a finale, you know, either the lights go off or they go on. I did, first time seeing it, I didn't know what to expect. The lights came on, just like you said. And then Jack kept talking, but slowly the voice went away yeah, until it was gone. And <laughs> just no one knew what happened because they didn't make an announcement. And then after standing there for 10 minutes, it was, oh, yeah, they're not they're not going to finish the show. It's done. Yeah, normally they have a recording. I, I don't know. I guess they didn't have that you know, yeah. loaded up on the reel-to-reel or whatever they, they have. Yeah. So, so uh, I, if I would have saw the finale, that probably would have became mm-hmm. my favorite my favorite fireworks show. And yeah. the other one, too, that I could say, if I ever saw it in that park, I'm sure it would be my favorite, but the 4th of July fireworks. I oh, think yes. they're the exact same as ours at the Magic Kingdom, but... Mm-hmm. I can only imagine what it's like seeing them in Disneyland. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fireworks but, are good. But yeah, well, that's that's it. That's our, our dream. Our yeah, Disneyland was, of our dreams. That was fun. It so, was. So I hope you enjoyed this. This was such a great idea. We have to, we'll have to do this for the Magic Kingdom someday. Oh, yeah. Magic so. Kingdom, Epcot, Animal Kingdom, California Adventure. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Get ready for Superstar Limo. I know that's going to be in the one of your oh, dreams. I, I am adding that, and I, I want it extended. <laughs> I, want even, I want even more celebrities in there. Uh, I mean, if there's not Kardashian, you know, row in there, I'm just going to be very upset. Uh, it could be but, redone so well now. I know. <laughs> but one but, day. 
But uh, so we hope you enjoy this and let us know what is the Disneyland of your dreams. Do you agree with us? But tell us what are your dreams? Either, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we need to start a, a thread on the Diz boards, the Disneyland of our dreams, that people can start writing on there. Yeah, but that could and be fun. also, that would be fun. And or also uh, post on connecting, you know, at connecting Walt, our official Twitter page, and let us know what would be in the Disneyland of your dreams. And um, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe we'll add on to our Disneyland someday. Yes. Yeah. So um, and you know, go another round and add, and add in more even more attractions and restaurants and things like that. Yeah. But in the meantime, we will look forward to hearing from you out there. <laughs> Well, here we are. We're starting off a new month and a new This Day in Disney History quiz for the week of June 3rd. We are, it's, it's Ty. We've had Ryan Teets on the last two weeks and Craig won one round, Ryan won the second round. And so now this is the tiebreaker round. So, uh, so we'll see what happens here. So Ryan, welcome back to Connecting with Walt. Thanks for having me back. Oh, we're delighted. So you're feeling lucky today? I sure hope so. <laughs> good, good. So so we've talked about in the last two episodes about how you, uh, you know, you started um, being a contributor to the Diz and being a moderator to the Diz boards. But how did you become a Disney fan? Um, I think that probably starts with my mom. My mom started going to Disney World, or, or Disney World in uh, 1973. She was about four years old. They stayed, and they would camp every year at Fort Wilderness um, for their spring break trip. So, and then she just carried that on to us. We uh, we don't camp, um, but we do pretty much go down at least every year. Excellent, good. So, do you have a favorite park? My, my yeah, my favorite park is Animal Kingdom. Ah, good. Oh, I knew I liked you. <laughs> That's that is that is my favorite park there by far. So, what do you like about it? It's just so immersive. Um, I I liked it even before Pandora was there. It's so detailed, and you can you, you can never you can always you can get kind of lost in that park, and it's just it's always fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I love the detail. I like animals. I like gardening. So. I, I find that relaxing to just the same way that, um, you know, people who walk down Main Street USA, they feel their their cares uh, sort of, you know, removed from their shoulders. I feel that way when I walk down Disneyland, uh, Main Street USA, and I feel that way when I enter Animal Kingdom. So I just find yeah. it just peaceful and invigorating and refreshing. So, and I think Epcot's a much hotter, hotter park than um, Animal Kingdom, but because um, that's always the complaint. People always say Animal Kingdom is so much warmer. But, but anyway, so we're back to uh, to compete again here with the Disney History Quiz. So, just a rundown of the rules, really quickly. If you choose not to hear the multiple choice options and you get the answer correct, you will receive three points. If you choose to hear the multiple choice options and you uh, do, you do 
do choose, wait, I'm sorry, wait, what did I say? If you choose not to hear the multiple choice answers, you get three points. If you choose to hear the multiple choice answers, you get two points. Uh, if you ask for one answer to be removed you and you get it correctly, you will receive one point. If you, Or if your opponent answers it incorrectly, you will um, receive one point for a correct answer. Answer. Uh, for our friends playing at home, remember no binging, googling, googling, or yahooing. Um, anyway, so for the answers, you have to play fairly as we do here. All right. So, Ryan, you all ready to go? Yep. Okay. Would you like, since you're our guest, you can opt to receive the question or pass the first question on to Craig? I'm going to take the question since that seemed to work out better last time. <laughs> okay. All righty. Good strategy. Well, you go with what works. Okay. We're talking about June 3rd. What popular Epcot World Showcase restaurant opened on June 3rd, 1984? Mm. So, so a lot of choices in World Showcase. Um, there so I'm going to go with the multiple choice. Okay, yeah, the, the trick is knowing what was already there or what opened much later. Um, is it A, Restaurant Marrakesh in the Morocco Pavilion? B, the Beer Garten Restaurant in the Germany Pavilion? C, Bistro de Paris in the France Pavilion? Or C, Teppan Edo in the Japan Pavilion? Popular might be a clue also. <laughs> um, let's see. I know Morocco opened later. Um, Tepin Edo is pretty popular. Um, I don't recall ever hearing the France restaurant, so um, Uh, I'm going to go with Restaurant Marrakesh in Morocco. Restaurant Marrakesh in Morocco. Final answer. Yep. Sorry, that is incorrect. That's why, that's why I said the word popular might be um, um, <laughs> a clue there because I think you can always get uh, not, I'm not saying it's not a good restaurant. I'm just saying you can always get reservations there. So, And it's a beautiful restaurant on the interior. I, I went inside the first time when I was out there with Craig when we were researching um, Epcot. And uh, it's it has to be one of the most beautiful restaurants on property. Um, anyway, so Craig, over to you. So what popular Epcot World Showcase restaurant opened on June 3rd, 1984? Is it the Beer Garden, the Bistro de Paris, or Teppan Edo? I'm, you said 84 or 94, Eight, sorry. 84, 84. Uh, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Tepanito. Okay, final answer? Yeah. That is incorrect. Although, And this is a restaurant that I thought you were going to say this, Ryan. It is the Bistro de Paris in the France Pavilion at Epcot's World Showcase. It opened on that day. So... Okay. All right. So, Craig, to you, still a clean slate here. What Walt Disney World attraction opened on June 4th, 1999? Uh, multiple choice, please. Okay, is it A, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh at the Magic Kingdom? B, The Enchanted Tiki Room Under New Management at the Magic Kingdom? 
C, the magic carpets of Aladdin at the Magic Kingdom. Or D, Star Wars weekends take place at the magic at the Disney MGM Studios for the first time. Um Can I hear the first two again? Sure. First two again. Mm -hmm. The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh or the Enchanted Tiki Room under new management, both at the Magic Kingdom. Um, I thought new management was 98. I could be wrong about that. But I think Winnie the Pooh, maybe. Is that your final answer? Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Pooh. Well, Walt Disney World's newest attraction, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, debuts in the Magic Kingdom. This is a dark ride based on the film, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. It is located on the spot once occupied by Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Yes, a moment of silence. Um, It will officially open to guests the following day. Versions will later open at Disneyland and Hong Kong Disneyland, none of which are as good as the one in Tokyo Disneyland. So, in my opinion. Craig, very good. Two points. That bear was good for something. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. All right. Okay, Ryan, here's your chance to get on the board here for June 5th. Uh, I'm sorry if I misbutcher this name, I'm going out to say. Dr. Axel Lennart Wenner Gren, who is an industrial financier and philanthropist is born in Uddevalla, Sweden on June 5th, 1881. What is his Disney connection? Oh boy. Multiple choice, please. Okay. Let me say his name again for you. Dr. Axel Leonard Wenner-Gren. Wenner-Gren is hyphenated, if that makes any difference. Um, A. He designed the first multi-plane camera used by the Walt Disney Studio. B, his company designed Disneyland's first monorail. C, his synchronized sound recording system was used by Walt Disney for the animated film Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. D, he is the uncle of Walt's wife, Lillian Marie Bounds Disney. Um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking the monorail. Uh, Is that B? That is B. His company designed Disneyland's first monorail. I'm going to go with B. Okay, final answer. Yep. Okay. The Awig name is an acronym of Dr. Wenner Gren's name. Axel Leonard Wenner Gren. That is right. Alweg, of course, was the company that developed the original Disneyland monorail. Good job there. You got it. Good job. Yeah. I yeah. got that. So, anyway, yeah, it might be easier to figure out if you see the name, but um, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so. that makes sense. <laughs> but anyway, great. It's it's a tie score here, two to two. Craig, over to you for June 6th. On June 6, 2002, after a complete restoration, this steam locomotive is rededicated in a ceremony at the Main Street USA train station at Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom. 
Roy E. Disney and Michael Campbell and Daryl Holmquist, who are members of the Board of Governors of the Carrollwood Pacific Historical Society, attend the ceremony. Which steam locomotive was rededicated on June 6, 2002? Okay, uh, multiple choice. All right, I bet you know which four they are. A, Walter E. Disney. B, Lily Bell. C, Roger E. Brogy. D, Roy O. Disney. Um, well, you said steam engine, so I know it can't be Lily Bell. Um, and I feel like I answered Roger Brogy for another question at one point in time. It doesn't necessarily cancel people out. I know, I know. <laughs> but I know I'm, you're just thinking out loud. Yeah. Um, then it was Walt and Roy? Correct. Walter E. Disney and the Roy O. Disney. I'll go with the Roy O. Okay, final answer? Yeah. Okay, and that is correct. D. Roy O. Disney. After a complete mechanical and exterior restoration, the Roy O. Disney steam locomotive is rededicated in a ceremony at the Main Street USA train station at the Magic Kingdom. Named in honor of the co-founder of the Walt Disney Company, the engine represents the only object in any Disney theme park to carry Roy O. Disney's name, which is a shame. And, and even though the Lily Bell is, uh, you know, the carriage out in Walt Disney World, it, uh, in Disneyland, it is a steam locomotive in um, Walt Disney World. Oh, I guess yeah. I haven't been paying attention. <laughs> There's a little <laughs> trivia for you. But I'm sure Ryan knew that as we go over to him. So, um, okay, so it's four to two. But Ryan, you can easily catch up or even surpass Craig with this next one. Uh, BBC TV in England returns to the airwaves after a near seven-year absence due to the Second World War on June 7, 1940. In an attempt to emphasize continuity, the first day's program includes a Mickey Mouse cartoon. It is the same Mickey Mouse cartoon that had aired on September 3rd, 1939, two days after the Nazi invasion of Poland. Which Mickey Mouse cartoon did the BBC air? Uh, multiple choice, please. Okay, A, is it the Society Dog Show? This was the last Mickey Mouse cartoon to use Mickey's original design. Or B, Mickey's Surprise Party, the first Mickey Mouse cartoon to use the character's redesign. C, Mickey's Gala Premiere, featuring several famous Hollywood film actors from the 1930s. Or D, Mickey's Kangaroo, the last black and white Mickey Mouse cartoon. With the BBC coming back on the air, they'd want some publicity. With So I'm going to go with C. 
Mickey's Gala premiere featuring several famous Hollywood film actors in the 1930s? Yep. That is absolutely correct. You, that very good because that was a tough one. So um, yeah, yeah, and bringing back a little normalcy to um, their airwaves as well as continuity. So good. All right. So it, we're tie again four to four. Craig, over to you. This is for June eighth. The aircraft. This aircraft company begins sponsorship of Disneyland's Rocket to the Moon attraction on June eighth. 1962. The Moonliner rocket is repainted with this company's logo. I'll go multiple choice. <laughs> All right. Is it A, Transworld Airlines or TWA? B, McDonnell Aircraft? C, United Airlines? Or D, Douglas Aircraft? What was the first one again? Transworld Airlines, TWA. As we used to say, try walking across or thousands waiting anxiously. <laughs> um, sorry, can you just give me them all again? Oh, yeah, absolutely. A, Transworld. Yeah. Yeah, okay, Transworld Airlines. B, McDonnell Aircraft. C, United Airlines. Or D, Douglas Aircraft. Can you take one away? Yes, I will take away um, United Airlines. They were the sponsor okay. of the Tiki Room. Oh, I didn't. Um, I know I've seen, I think I've seen pictures of it with TWA, but I feel like that's the obvious one. Um, I'm going to go with D. Douglas Aircraft? Yeah. Okay, final answer. Yeah. You are correct. Douglas Aircraft begins sponsorship of Disneyland's Rocket to the Moon attraction on June 8th, 1962. The rocket's familiar TWA logo that had been in place since 1955 will be has been replaced with blue vertical stripes and large red uppercase letters spelling Douglas. The sponsorship will last until 1966. An American aerospace manufacturer based in Long Beach, California, Douglas will later merge with McDonnell Aircraft, who will continue sponsoring the updated flight to the moon as McDonnell Douglas in 1967. Very good. So, okay, it's five to four. We have one more question. Ryan, you could win this. So, okay. You could win or tie, really, at this point. So, okay, this is for June 9th. In which Disney cartoon did Donald Fauntleroy Duck make his very first film appearance on June 9th, 1934. Oh, I, I know this, but it's not coming to me right now. Um, multiple choice. All right. Is it A, the Silly Symphony, the Wise Little Hen? B, the Mickey Mouse cartoon, Orphan's Benefit. C, the Mickey Mouse cartoon, The Band Concert. Or D, the first Donald Duck cartoon, Donald's Ostrich. Um, 
Mm. Um, can you can you go through them one more time, please? Sure. A, the Silly Symphony, um, the Wise Little Hen Silly Symphony. B, the Mickey Mouse cartoon called Orphan's Benefit. Or C, the Mickey Mouse cartoon titled The Band Concert. Or D, the first Donald Duck cartoon titled Donald's Ostrich. Uh, I'm going to go with C, the band concert. The band concert. Final answer? Yep. Although that was Mickey's first color cartoon, it was not Donald's first appearance. So, Craig, over to you. You can steal this for one point. Is it the Wise Little Hen Silly Symphony, um, the Mickey Mouse cartoon Orphan's Benefit, or the first Donald Duck cartoon Donald's Ostrich? Well, my guess was the band concert, so that didn't really help anything. Um, I'll go the orphan one. Orphan's Benefit, 1934. That was his second appearance. Oh, good. um, Actually, it was the Silly Symphony, The Wise Little Hen, is when Donald Duck makes his very first film appearance. Uh, Donald's appearance in this cartoon is created by animator Dick Lundy, is similar to his modern look, except his features are more elongated, his body plumper, and his feet bigger. The short features the voices of Clarence Nash as Donald Duck, Pinto Kolvig as Peter Pig, and Florence Gill as The Wise Little Hen. And um, definitely Donald Duck's personality manifests itself very early on in this um, in this short, The Wise Little Hen. All right. Good game. And Craig, you by one point, you squeaked it out over Ryan. Yeah, that was a that was a stressful one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there are some really <laughs> tough questions in this one. So, so Ryan, I hope you had a good time playing along with us in our This Week in Disney History quiz series. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. Oh, it was a delight. You know, we, now we, of course, we, we always have a consolation prize. So, you know, we want you, of course, to, to accept our gift of Johnson Shoe Polish. It covers scuff marks and it gives shoes a, their rich, a richer color. So oh boy, thank you. You're welcome. I hope you enjoy that. So, <laughs> anyway, well, Ryan, I hope that um, that you'll um, c- come back again sometime to to play along with us. And until then, I'll look forward to seeing you in the parks, either over there in Orlando or out here. You have to come out here to Disneyland. <laughs> Now, uh, I did use a few references whilst constructing the Disneyland of my dreams, uh, including the Disneyland Encyclopedia by Chris Stroder and a couple of websites, um, Yesterland and the Disney Wiki. So, Craig, until next time, where can our listeners connect with you on the Dis Unplugged? Of course, you can find me on Wednesdays and the... Wait... Why would I go to Wednesdays immediately? I never do that. I don't know. Are you making an announcement? (laughs) (laughs) That just really threw me for a loop, probably because uh, behind the scenes, 
we mm-hmm. just extended this recording, so I'm all over the place. I'm all messed up, but you can find me Tuesdays on the Walt Disney World Edition podcast, Thursdays on the Universal Edition podcast, Wednesdays on the Best and Worst of Walt Disney World, and then random days on the Diz Daily Fix when it's my day to do it, so never know what it's going to end up being. And then, of course, as always, uh, Instagram and Twitter at Teleclaster. But, Michael, what about you? Well, you can send me messages at michael at wdwinfo.com. On Twitter, I'm at mbowling121. Facebook, I'm Michael Bowling with the Connecting with Walt banner. Instagram, Michael Bowling the Diz. And of course, as already mentioned, at Connecting Walt, you can uh, connect with me and Craig uh, and check out some of the little tidbits of history, Disney history that appear on that site every day. So, if you would like to listen to more shows on the history of Walt Disney, his studio, his Imagineers in Disneyland, check out our Disneyland podcast archives for my Disney history episodes at disunplugged.com and look for past episodes of Connecting with Walt on iTunes, where you can subscribe to our show and leave some positive reviews and ratings. And thank you for making us a part of your day. And remember, I only hope that we don't lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a man, Walt Disney, and his brother Roy.